0: Hi everybody, it's me, Liz, of the Lizard Brain Podcast, Um, and um, welcome back after a hiatus. I'm going to call it like a vacation because, you know, real life got in the way of doing this fun thing, but um, I do not have Joelle with me. She still has a lot of life happening currently. Um, don't be mad, Joel. But I do have my friend Mariah with me. Hi, Mariah. Hello. Hello. Ooh, she did that really sexy. Ooh. Oh, That was very, like, hello. I mean, it just feels like the mood, right? It does. What's yeah. her name? Ka- Is it Kathleen Turner, who did Jessica Rabbit? Oh, yes. Hello. And she also played Ch- Chandler Bong's father. Her, yes. <laughs> um, yep. It was very, like, sultry. It was very sultry like yes, that. there you go. So we're back after. I'm gonna call this season two when I post this. It'll be season two, episode one. Ooh. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. I can play the opening tune from Welcome Back, Cotter. Probably not. Have you ever seen Welcome Back, Cotter? No. It's like this old show. I want to say from late '70s, early '80s, starring a young, right before Saturday Night Fever, John Travolta with like some really awful hair. I think they thought it was like. But I mean, it's called Welcome Back, Cotter, and the whole thing song is like, Welcome Back, and it's like. I don't know. My my parents knew it and watched it. And it was like, it ended up being on Nick at Night. Of course. Which I used to watch a lot of. Yes. Nick at Night. Uh, this was like Three's Company. That's what mostly. Yeah. We, yeah. we had a lot of. I used to watch um, Green Acres that had Jaja Jaja Gabor or Ava Gabor. She married some guy that lived on a farm. And she was like, I'm Zhaja Gabor. I do not want to live on a farm. And then I used to watch Petticoat Junction. Okay, I guess. Um, Get Smart. Like, the, like, James Bond spoof. I used to like that one a lot. But, yeah, anyways, I watched a lot of weird TV as a kid.
1: That was... I mean, my mom would just sit in bed and be like,
0: I you gonna watch I Love Lucy with me. And
1: so, that's what I... I never got into I Love Lucy. Really? It was just I, so I'm, iconic. Like, um, my husband's, when we... Um, who care if his grandma? I'd go rent the I Love Lucy from the library and sit and watch with her. And I mean, her dementia was so far, but she would remember all these things. Of and course, she would just start hysterically laughing like that scene where her and Ethel like all the candies piled up. Belt. Yep, I mean that's such a classic
0: for that. Is it weird that I don't think I've ever laughed? Like I know it's funny, but I've never like been moved to laughter watching I Love Lucy because it's very slapstick. Comedy, it's like, like the uh, the most like slapsticky person currently I would say is like a Jim Carrey. He's very slap like in the Mask and those things. I'm just thinking of like Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura, so slap slapstick. Yes, and I find it kind of silly, but like. I need more than just
1: yeah no I get you I think you have to like understand the context of it too because it's like out of context it's not funny at all but knowing that both of them have never worked and they're like trying to prove their husbands wrong and have a job and like they immediately go and of course everything goes wrong the second they are trying to like prove themselves because that's life every time you try to like prove yourself something goes wrong and it's just a chaotic dog pile of Oh. giant poop. So yeah, giant poop. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I just, yeah, I never found it um, I never really found it funny. I don't know why. We didn't even watch it, but I like I um I spent a lot of time watching um AMC, American Movie Classics, and George Clooney's father, Nick Clooney, was the host. And like I knew all about the Clooney's long before ER was even a thing because I used to, he'd be like, hello, welcome to American Movie we're going to be watching. And I, you know, probably also along the same lines as, uh, as having a crush on Captain Jean-Luc Picard. You know, I had the crush on Nick Clooney. He was just, and maybe not a crush, maybe just like, sometimes like I find like distinguished looking older men very like, I wish you were my grandpa and I love you. Like, <laughs> so maybe not even a crush. It's not a
1: sexual thing. It's a, uh, I have a cr- I want you to be
0: uh, gran- a pair. Yeah. My grandparent. Yeah, my grandparent. Yeah, my grandpa. And like, maybe that was more it with... You know, Patrick Stewart. But also, I think I have a thing for, like, a British accent. I mean. Like, if I was exposed to him now as the first time, probably not. Like, if, like, my first exposure to him was, like, X-Men or something. But I watched him on, like, The Next Generation, Star Trek. It's also a thing. My parents are like, why are you watching this? No one understood why I was watching old movies in Star Trek.
1: Well, because Star Trek has so many life lessons in it. It's really good. It honestly is. And I think people get really mad at me. And Why? controversial. So I like, I, I gravitate towards Star Trek more than Star Wars. Like, Star Wars is a war movie for me, and I know there's so much more. And I, I have not rewatched it as a full grown adult, and it's my goal this summer to sit down and rewatch it and actually like experience it. But Star Trek always spoke to me. I guess I'm more of a truckie because it's just like, it feels more intellectual. It just feels like there's just so much more in the writing but this is me as a child like a teenager watching these right and as an adult you have a completely
0: different experience see people people are like
1: are you kidding get out of here you don't
0: like stars get out of this room like that's no i my cousins um they're like some of the smart and we would go visit them all the time and they had like the like extension novels like like fan, not like fan novels, but like essentially fan novels that would like extend the Star Wars universe. I remember borrowing some of them one time. But no, I was more of a Star Trek person. They were very into Star Wars. I think the first time we watched Star Wars is was at their house. Yeah, it's not. It my parents. I don't know at the time. I think I don't know. I, I have a lot of speculation as to why we didn't watch. We also were poor, and you had to like rent a VCR mm-hmm. just to like watch a movie. And that was not a luxury we had yeah. um, for part of our life, but. Um yeah, I think we like we're exposed to it there, and I would say they're probably still diehard. Husbands. I'm a fan. I love Star Wars. Yeah. And I like the new movies. I do think the older movies, while they look very dated when you watch them, even with their like remastering or whatever. I think the George Lucas mindset is a little different than JJ Abrams. I think JJ Abrams pays homage to that genre and movie yeah. making because I think anything he does is usually really enjoyable. Like yes. I'm a huge alias fan um you know i think he makes really good stuff but i think it it's different yeah so you, it feels different and it's cool to see like famous actors and actresses we're just actors now i guess we don't need to gender um people performing gender in neutral gender they have the acting world the, the act world. it's hard for me you guys is a thing we all say in the northeast so it's going to be a very long time before i can stop that i'm going to try really hard though,
1: see dude, dudes to me is gender neutral like everybody's a dude i'm the poly shore teacher a hundred percent when I'm teaching I turn into poly Shore oh, I'm God. not even joking it is just me like dudes come on man let's go ahead and get out our pencils like that's God, me that's all amazing. day but like I just like dudes is super gender neutral to me like I I just call everybody a dude but like there's dude at yeah but I feel like it's because somebody somewhere is like to make this feminine because it's not feminine enough for me. That's what it feels like. That's what a dude. A dude is just like. Well, when you were a kid, do you remember it was a hair on an elephant's butt? Like it was like this thing when I was a kid. They were like, you shouldn't call people
0: dudes because a dude is a hair on an elephant's butt.
1: I don't oh, know. Is if that's that what true. The
0: official? That's what it's officially called. Now I need to look it up. I it mean, already. I we did fun facts when school closed. We all recorded fun facts and, like, submitted it to get put on, like, our school Facebook page. Yeah. And I researched that... When you put a bit of toothpaste on your toothbrush, that amount of toothpaste is called a nurdle.
1: It's called a nurdle?
0: Yeah. It's so a you nurdle. Could d- a you toothpaste. get to nurdle it up every morning and every night. As long as you're practicing good oral hygiene. But oh, yeah, like, said, yeah. So, so, like, Star Wars, Star Trek. Like, uh, I definitely, Star Trek fan. I got really, I didn't, I watched all the old movies, like, in order. And yeah. All of, like, the next generation movies, like, plus the TV show. Um, I loved Voyager. I loved Captain Janeway. She's like my second favorite captain. Uh, I just love that they were lost and always trying to get back. It was such an it, instead of just exploring, they yeah. were like also lost, but yeah. still like, oh, like the moral dilemmas, we have to help these poor people on this planet, these poor humanoids or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, I loved like that it was like an ongoing thing. And I think that's what I love about TV versus movies yeah um like i and also about books like i have a real big thing about reading a series yes or like i love nora roberts she writes a lot of trilogies yeah um i like anything that can keep going like once i find an author i like i will read every single book that they've
1: yes written. yeah amazon cart usually filled right yeah. when i'm done with it with four other books
0: and people are like oh the library i'm like oh no 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 no, i buy them that's not how this works well, i purchase you, and own
1: when you love an author it's just important to just kind of own all their work yeah. it's like when you love an artist and you absolutely you have one of their paintings you don't end up having just one of their paintings one of their prints you end up buying a multitude of them oh, yeah because
0: it's just you can't you can't help it oh so, because you really you really, really appreciate it so yeah. i i definitely relate to your appreciation yes you seen the documentary the captains oh, i didn't know that oh my god it's hosted by william shatner I just and he think... goes and he interviews all of the different captains of different like, you starships in the series like scott bacula Hard. Kate Mulgrew, who's um, Captain Janeway, and then like, wow. everybody else knows her from Orange is the New Black. And yeah, I'm like, no, she's
1: super. No. She was the
0: captain. No, she's Excuse Captain me. Janeway. Get your shit straight. Like I get really, <laughs> I get like possessive when I know of someone first and something else. I'm like, like no, that's no. that's how I This is someone. now their
1: identity forevermore. Yeah, for,
0: forever. <laughs> it doesn't
1: matter what else they did. Colin
0: <laughs> Firth is always Mister Darcy. Yes, because, you know, like that kind of thing. Gosh, yes. Oh, so I
1: okay. We. I I used to hate Jane Austen. And no, 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 listen. Okay, okay. But ever since, okay, I'm a big audiobook nerd. I probably listen like 50 audiobooks a year. I love audiobooks. Like, I love regular reading, but when you're just like busy and your brain can't stop, sit, sit sit still, like playing an audiobook while you're doing 10 million things at one time, it like helps my brain. I've been getting so into Jane Austen. It's ridiculous. Is somebody like I got all it with the, like a
0: British accent. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Yes.
1: I mean, if it can just like, it's ear porn, right? It just oh, it sounds so amazing. But I, okay, this is related to Jane Austen. I had never, um, hold on, give me just a hot second. I had never in my life read or listened to, give me just a second, because my brain can't work. You you say something. It's I'm all looking.
0: good. No. You take your time. I do this all the time. I'm like, let me look up something. Oh, and then Jane Eyre. I I had never <gasps> I had never. Oh my god! I love it, Jane Eyre. Oh, it is, so it is good. insane. The storyline is insane. So so like for people who've never read Jane Eyre, let's like back. So oh, the, oh. this is the Lizard Brain Podcast. Yeah, Ryan Mar- 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 and I have known each other a long time now, and these are how our conversations yeah, go. And then it, five hours go by, and we're like, "What? What, what happened? happened?" So Jane Eyre um, is written by Charlotte Bronte. Yes, one of the three Bronte, Bronte, Bronte sisters, sisters: Emily, Anne, and Charlotte. Who used to write under Acton. Something in Ellis. Yes. Was like their pen names. Because, you know, men... Yeah, they had it, to. Mm-hmm. ...would publish. I've also read... Um, I'm going to forget the name of the Anne Bronte book that I read that I really liked. Um, I'll have to look it up for you. I I don't like, um, Wuthering Heights. No. It's very, I mean, also, also Jane Eyre is depressing. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But Wuthering Heights, like there is no like slightly happy ending. And for me, a lot of my reading has been escapism and I need there to be some type of wrap up. That's a a happy ending resolution. Otherwise, what the fuck did I just sink myself into for that long? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Jane Eyre, Jane Eyre is this young girl. She's this like. Like an orphan.
1: Essentially. She lives with a horrid aunt yeah. who is is just absolutely like Cinderella's yeah. evil stepmom. Uh, she thinks that she is basically an imbecile. She belittles her c- continuously and then decides because like she would Does walk it, in a room it- and just...
0: Isn't it like her? It's like her father's brother and then brother's wife. wife. Yes, because so they the, both died. Yeah, so the uncle is nice to the her. The uncle but then he loved died. her, and he, he died.
1: died. And the aunt's like, "F you, like my husband liked you better than me." Essentially, I'm like, "No, sh- no, sh- no, I would Cause like you were nice would, and like-. kind and sweet." And yeah, you reminded him of his brother yes.
0: or sister, one or the other. One, yeah, I think is.
1: It was maybe her mother's
0: brother's wife. Yes. Regardless. She's awful.
1: And she ends up sending her away to this boarding school, essentially. It was like a boarding
0: school for like poor girls and it teaches.
1: It's for not necessarily it's like poor girls slash like. So they're gonna train, they're
0: gonna train them. They're like poor relations. the, The poor relation that like in British society and culture at the time um based on the books I've read now that I lived then um <laughs> if they, like if you were we like, go a, in the past life stuff yeah, I don't like, know like you could be like a poor country mouse type girl yeah. and you could have like you know your aunt married well and they send you into the city for a season you yes. debut uh-huh. and then you're on the marriage mart etc etc so yeah. um often if someone passed away like you'd be the poor relation and yeah. so like you'd be part of the Family, but also you'd be like getting them coffee you're the shameful part of the family. you're the one that doesn't have the nicest newest no. outfit you're probably 23 oh my god yep. you'll never get married now yep. that you're 23 nope. um and you don't do much other than you end up like becoming nope. a governess which it, is like a a teacher you're kind like- of
1: the bragging part of the family like oh i took in So-and-so because their father died. Oh, look at me, this poor girl. I'm so amazing because I took them in. And that's what the
0: aunt would do mm -hmm. with Jane Eyre quite a bit. She goes to this school where they, Mm -hmm. like, poor relations and, like, you know, orphans and castaways and whatever. Castaways. Like cast offs, not cast yeah, Nobody was trapped like on an island or anything. That would be um, interesting. That would be really funny. But so like the school teacher basically like the whole end goal is to graduate and yeah. become a governess. And the girls are really mean to her there too. They get yeah, well at first.
1: At first they're they're extremely mean to her. That's because the guy, like this, the the man the who, run, who runs it. Well, he's the he's essentially the, like the headmaster. The um, benefit, not the beneficiary. He's he's a headmaster essentially. But
0: he's running the. school. But he's running
1: the school. He's getting funding for the school from
0: all these wealthy families that yes. have poor relations
1: that send them and there.
0: He is a complete a uh, hole.
1: Like oh. absolutely like he's a dick hemorrhoids kind of level like bad and so (laughs) i'm just saying but he uh essentially like shames her in front of everybody like that his aunt think that she is the devil that she's from the
0: devil like she is a demon the devil lives inside her so she like has like a really bad like self-esteem yeah she thinks she's like a worthless yeah unworthy basically like yeah. dirt under your feet kind of thing and it's super sad because it, it is it's just a very like depressing book and so then she graduates the school and she yep. becomes a governess for a family so she she works towards that and she was a teacher at the school for a little bit oh, yeah, before she, she did that she well right. like all
1: of her friends like her best friend died of um what was going around at that time like um
0: dysentery or yes something crazy. and they all had it
1: and like so many of the school died and the aunt told everybody that she died of dysentery too i don't know if it was dysentery but i'm pretty sure and it was just insane and then she gets hired
0: as a governess for saint something saint john yes no, no, no it, it somewhere was somewhere else first somewhere else first she went
1: <sighs> it's been a long time since i've read all it. i know is one thing happens and then this was like in oh, the no. fall she when...
0: runs no she gets hired okay 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 yeah now no I she remember. ends up getting
1: hired by the lady who works for um mr rochester mr rochester and so this, this little
0: french girl
1: yes that there that he like allegedly is, is, is like boss. bastard child essentially but like it might probably not as yeah i don't want to spoil it this but is it's not like, a
0: spoiler this book is so old it's impo- <laughs> it's like it's, it's like out of copyright,
1: yeah, so yeah. I actually think it's probably free online because it it's is out of free copyright. Online. And
0: everybody can read it. You can but, it on Project Gutenberg. I mean, she's not his
1: his child. Essentially, she's like the, the it French. Was, she
0: was the daughter of a French like like that. He singer, liked to, opera to, singer to,
1: actress. Um, yes, who he really liked to have relations with. But it wasn't, and, and then she
0: died. She died. And he felt bad, and he took mm-hmm. in this girl.
1: Essentially, what that was. But like, oh my gosh, even their meeting of how she meets Mr. Rochester, like all of the things that play. It's
0: so, it's just like, And he's so, he's so hot and cold, yes. right? Oh. And like, like he'll invite her in, like she's an honored, like member of the family-ish. Yeah. And then like, but like he invites people over and I'm going to forget who it is. It's like a brother and sister or sister. Oh, it's like, this
1: woman who he's going to be engaged to and he's working on that, but she
0: doesn't know. And so it's like this whole. But, like, he's, but she he, she's like super mean to Jane and yes. also finds it threatening. And yes. Jane, Jane is described as a very, Plain, plain looking person. yeah. Perhaps I would also be plain. I definitely would definitely be. I don't know. Yeah. Like, okay, but we both have like great skin and we're beautiful. So I don't know, okay. whatever. Thanks um, that today. But yeah, so like he kind of is like flirting with Jane, but she doesn't know. No. She's also like 18. Yeah, well, he's also just... He's moody I, and surreal mo- is the word
1: I would he use. He's so stereotypical. Um, what, I would, what I would essentially describe as... Like, the poetic, like... Oh, he has like, a lot of ennui. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep, yep, that nails it. But, it, oh my gosh, just the whole play out of that story is insane. Just so that this relationship builds, right, between... Essentially between her and Mr. Rochester. And he confesses his love he to confesses her. confesses his love for her, which she starts to freak out. But she had... um an uncle that she didn't know, know about or was trying to see if she was still alive. And the aunt lied and the aunt calls her. It's like, well, this is like requesting her on her deathbed. The aunt is dying, dying at this point.
0: Like, I need to, I need to confess that I said you were dead. And doesn't she like inherit some money? So. Or he invites her to go no, no. live
1: with her. No. So what ends up happening? She goes to the to the aunt's house. The aunt is like delusion. Delusionary. Like, I don't know. I don't have no idea. They she's don't still really mean to her. She's still so mean. And she talks about her like, like she's not there and like belittles her. At some point after she's there. She for, admits to it, but not to her. Just yeah, in her delusion. After weeks, she's like finally says that because Jane Eyre left to go help take her over. She highly requested her and then she was like, I lied and I told him you were dead. Blah, 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 blah. It turns out that uncle had died. And then
0: he confessed his love for Jane Eyre and she's freaking out. But, she, but, but you, oh, oh, you mean Mr. Mr. Rochester. But see, the thing was, is while she was gone, he like realized how much he missed her. Yeah. So she comes back. He confesses his love to yeah. her. Is it when she... No, because then there's like a whole thing in the garden. There, oh my gosh! Yes, but, but yeah. you have to think. You have to think about this. He's way older than her. Yes, I feel like this is a very me too type book. If you really think about it, but like if taking you, you read between
1: the lo- lines and
0: everything, he was totally taking advantage of her. Wow, well, because what we don't know. It appears like, right trauma oh, response. Other for things? sure. And like so, what, the whole time he has a wife in the attic. Yeah, a crazy oh ass wife. Oh my gosh, Yes, and this what blew my mind is she kept hearing things.
1: Like, oh, she saved him. <gasps> His room was on fire. Do you yeah, remember? Yeah, she that? came down and. She came in. and she, so like Jane Eyre, like, was smelling. She's like, something's weird. And she kept hearing this maniacal laughter. <laughs> like, she kept hearing it. And she was <laughs> like, what the hell Like, a ghost. She was convinced he let her, like, he gaslighted her. Oh, yeah. He gaslighted her. Like, oh, like, you know, it, it was haunted. And believe it in. And then essentially, oh my gosh. So he the room's on fire. She goes and checks on it because she was like, I'm hearing this maniacal laughter. She thought it was one of the maids no, that was like insane. Trying like, to murder yeah. him. And then he's on fire. The curtains are on fire. All of it. And she like puts it out and he like made her sit there and wait. And he went to go check on it. And then you later find out he has a wife yeah. that and went crazy. And she sitting there for like
0: hours.
1: Yeah. No, she was just locked up in the basement. And the person who would take care of her just sit there and sometimes drink. And when she would get drunk and forget to like lock or do whatever, that's when the wife would sneak out and, and just... Just it chaos. Like he was like,
0: I was tricked into marrying her. I no one told me her yeah. family had insanity and whatever. Yeah, Una. He was like, oh,
1: my um, brother and my father didn't think I was good enough. Blah 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 blah. So he he tricked. They tricked me into marrying into this family for their money. But or at blah, that blah, point,
0: blah. but at that point, like he, she doesn't know this, and no. he proposes to her, yes. and then like. It gets really close. They are literally in the church about to get married. Yes. And his wife's brother shows up uh-huh. because he's gotten it, this wind is, of
1: it. Isn't this Rochester going to marry Jane Eyre? Yeah, and they're, they're in the church. They, this is after that point when he proposed. They got the dress. Like he it was a little pretty woman at a point where he was like, like, let me buy you the most. And Jane Jane Eyre's like very modest. She's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, no, let me buy you the nicest dress made from the
0: best silks. And like, blah. what's that? What's the syndrome called where like you fall in love with your captor? slash rescuer. oh um, um i know you know what i'm talking yes, about yes i know what you know what you're talking about um i was about to
1: say munchausers yeah and I, that's, uh, that's my not is like, no. that's not it um it's actually named after the people who it happened to um in the cabin oh my gosh it's gonna drive me nuts it will just well come we, can look like, it up. we can look at that. yeah
0: but yeah so like i feel like that that's kind of a little bit what happened like she felt rescued by him and loved by him when she felt rejected by any like any person in her life so she she finds this out. This brother shows up in the church and he's like, you can't marry her. He's already married. And she's like devastated. And yeah. she literally runs away through the Scottish moors. But, but before,
1: before that, he was like, let me show you. And he brought her to the attic. Like
0: he tries to explain it to her and make yeah. her feel bad. They for walk him. up
1: in the way this wife is described is as like a fat ogre. Is how they describe her I don't that know if she I was that, this dark like, beauty beauty that turned into this fat ogre living in an attic. Like basically, and, like her hair is disheveled. Yes, she's not well, she would. They said that like essentially the description is like she would walk around like a rat on the streets at night. Like she was like would look and like like had this like crazy eyes and the oh, way yeah. her description of it. Oh, but Jane Eyre sees it and she's like mm, peace. And then she runs through runs the Scottish Moors for and days, she, for in days. days.
0: And she meets um, something St. John. He's like a missionary type guy and his two yeah. sisters. And he wants to marry her, and she well, almost
1: does. She then... shows up at their doorstep and is listening, and and so she was there to try to find um, the saint of the town to help her find work to help her do something because yeah. she was almost dead from like dehydration and she was going insane. Yeah, so they
0: take her in, and then it's like she's like her sister, and then he's like, "But I love you, but I don't really think I can romantically love anybody, but I love you as much as I'm possible," and she's. Mm-hmm. Almost settles for it. No, but what's insane is no, it's because he tricked her.
1: So he was actually in love with this um, rich woman. It was Olivia or something like that, who was the wealthy heir in that area. Oh, I don't remember. know. Yeah, it's been, oh my gosh. Long yeah, time yeah. yeah. I've read it. Oh, he, he absolutely was like in love with her, smitten with her, but because he's such a man of God, oh my God. he could not. Let
0: himself be compelled to those urges. Well, it doesn't, and when he proposes to her, he's like, it'll be like we're brother and sister. Like, I well, won't put any pressure on you and all well, that kind of stuff. no. He wants to go to
1: Africa to do missionary work. And he tells her, Jane Eyre, you are the only person who could do this and be my partner in this work of God. Thanks? Yeah. And she was like, I'll go, but I won't marry you. And he was like, no. You can't go with me unless you marry me. Yes, because of that time period. And then he was saying, he was like saying, he's like, though, basically, we don't have sexual attraction or whatever he was saying. He was like, your spirit and your determination. And he's like basically saying like her... (laughs) Her survival skills. Well, her modesty was the
0: most... (laughs) Attractive. Attractive. And that she was
1: so like stubborn that he, like he loved it. And like she could really do the work of God and it went into this whole thing. And he, he also was gaslighting her because he wanted that relationship. And it was just like, he basically, he was cornering her in pushing her. There was a lot of, a lot of pressure. And then like his
0: sisters were like, we'd love you. We'd love for you to be our sister. But they're cousins. That's what they find out. Oh. Because
1: that uncle that died was his father. And they find it out finally because she she changed her last name. She lied about her last name the whole entire time. And so then they find out know. that was her cousin. Oh. And the sisters that she absolutely loved, her cousins.
0: but but And her like only cousins, family, and she feels
1: finally happy.
0: Cousins could get married.
1: They can. They can. Yeah. But back like, then, way more societally accepted yeah. than now. But he even was like, oh, perfect, blah, 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 blah. And she was like... I literally look at you as a as a brother,
0: but like this whole time she's still in love with Mr. Rochester. Oh yeah, never stops
1: thinking about him. And then, what the thing? Like so, his fucking crazy. I'm sorry, I don't know if you curse. Is his
0: crazy? Oh yeah. Okay, his crazy wife. Right, who's still in the He burns the house down. Burns
1: the whole Rochester estate down. And Jane, in her dreams, hears Mr. Rochester screaming. And so she feels like she must run back through the moors to go see him after she got the money. That's what it was too. Jane Eyre got the money from the uncle because the money was left to her. Yes. And so it was like this whole thing and she shared it with her cousins and split it all between them. And then she finally had money and she went back to go
0: see. And she came to Rochester estate and she's looking and it's
1: burned to the ground.
0: And he's there, but he's half blind. He's, he's missing cri- an arm. He's crippled. He's like, he's like, you're like a stump.
1: Yes. And I think he was in a wheelchair when she first, and he was like sitting outside when she saw him, like outside looking, because she like finally found she like could want to talk to somebody at a tavern because she went and she was like, is he dead? What happened? And she went into the room. <laughs>
0: and he was just sorry. It's like Jane? He's is it you like he like took he senses her but then, yeah. like you know is it must it be and it's so dramatic and it's just
1: like but so it's cringe like, but you can't help it where he's like but that's cannot the, be my sweet
0: for there is no other touch like the woman i love like oh kind of, i mean oh Mariah, you are so funny I'm just uh, saying, like, i just saying. but but like it's the gothic romance yes. of the time that's very dramatic and depressing and then sometimes there's a
1: happy ending yeah and there was still a happy ending
0: i mean but i loved mr rochester for the longest time and there's a movie version of it where i'm gonna um michael fassbender plays (sighs) mr rochester and i have like a little thing for michael fassbender if you don't know who he is he's very good looking yes um is a british accent because so he's in he's an x-men he plays the young maddie he's not in the
1: bbc version right
0: No, no, no. This is a movie version. Yes, I I watched it. So after I read the book, I went and watched like three different Jane Eyre versions. This young blonde actress. She's also in, there's a really great vampire movie called Only Lovers Left Alive that's Tilda Swinton, Tom Hiddleston, and then this girl. (gasps) And I, it's a weird, bizarre movie that I I feel like you and Thomas are really like um But yeah, it's a great version. And I've seen a couple different ones, but this, this, that movie version was like my favorite. Yeah version and i get real picky when i read a book i'm like you better stay true yeah because like i like with like with, with jane austen like pride and prejudice whatever i've watched the old bbc colin firth version but then there was the new one with um oh uh what's her pickle the thin um, very like thin british actress.
1: i can see her face but i can't see her name well in my
0: head no but like you know she's got like lydia and her sister yes. kitty And it's funny because the sister, um, Kitty, that's Carrie, um, Carrie Mulligan, who like at the time was like a no name, but like she ends up. Marrying Marcus Mumford of Mumford and Sons. Because they, like, they were pen pals when they were kids. Were they really? And when they got famous, they both, like, recognized each other and, like, rekindled. Can you even believe that? They were pen pals as kids.
1: Okay, that's very, that's uh, that's cute. That's super romantic. I'm just
0: saying, that is very cute. I and I really that. am a huge Mumford and Sons fan. And I'm like, and I also <laughs> love Jane Austen, so, yeah. No, I started reading Jane Austen in, like, ninth grade. Um, are you like the
1: quintessential I, millennial hipster now?
0: Maybe I read.
1: And with your Jane Austen book, and yeah, you need listening. a big
0: like hat and go no, take it I to don't. a
1: farmer's market. No,
0: I do. Farmers markets are fun sometimes, but no, like I, I, I read markets. all of Jane Austen's books, and then there was like fragmented novels that were like Sand um, Sanditon. Sanditon is like a partial partial novel that she wrote. Yeah, um, before she died, like I just went through all of them. Yeah. Oh, Agnes Gray. Oh, flashback. Okay. Anne Bronte wrote Agnes Gray. Right. There you go. I do know that book. It's on my list. I don't remember the whole like premise of it, but I feel like I liked it and I read it like at least twice. So you probably. But yeah, that whole genre I was super into for such a long time. I see. I couldn't because there was like
1: this part of me. That couldn't see the feminism in it and I, all I could see was traditional roles. But then you read it
0: oh, but with it so is like feminist.
1: It's like during that time period, if you're gonna put it in that context, the the women that they're writing about are breaking waves, they're breaking rules, they're pushing boundaries. Oh yeah. And so it's we it's weird because when I was younger I just felt like, oh, that time period, like I can't, mm.
0: no. like See, and I was just way less like intellectual about it. I was like, I like romantic stuff because I'm lame and don't have a boyfriend and it's nice and romantic. I got really into romance. My mom always, okay, so growing up, my mom always had like Harlequin romance. Yeah. She, at some point, shifted to Christian romance where they don't have sex before marriage, so- which cracks me up. I love you, mom. She's never going to listen to this. No. But, um. You got to cover all your bases. Just, she whatever. would always, she would go to the store she'd get a Harlequin romance. They're so cheesy. <laughs> And and probably I don't know. I, I would say my dad's not the most like romantic, so no. maybe she was like missing some romance or something. Needed and she, that. And she'd get um these cinnamon candies are called cinnamon imperials, like the little, I tiny, know exactly thing. So what she'd you're talking get those about. And like and she loved like cinnamon hot tamales or um jolly ranchers, yes. and hot tamales. Anything cinnamon flavored, yeah. she loves. So she'd get that and her book, and she would just like be like on, she'd have it with her everywhere. Yeah, like, she'd take it in the bathtub. She'd have it in her room. She'd have it on the couch, and she just for a long time. Like read a lot of um, romance novels, yeah. And so I would like steal them, and then I'd be like, "There is a lot of naughty stuff in here." And she didn't want me to read them at a certain point. And then my aunt Peggy had like an extensive Nora Roberts romance novel oh, collection, my gosh. and she smuggled me a bunch. Yeah, I, I was, was gonna play. say
1: I was like, "What uh, your bookshelf?" Oh, it's yeah, full of her. Tar- yeah, I was Nora like, Roberts. "All you have is
0: Nora Roberts." Well, I used to read so much romance. I also like was a big fan of Jane Ann Krentz. She's a, like a local Seattle yeah. um, author. Um, but I read her books long ago before I ever came to the Seattle area. Yeah, you know, yeah. So. We're gonna take a quick break um, for bathroom and coughing, and we will be uh, right back. You cannot. You can't even tell me just pause. No, you can't. Um, Mariah just said to like blow her nose. Sometimes, yeah. like I have to pause when the dogs start barking. That's you may have heard them a little while ago. We just like we're like we just we we, we we went on a tangent, but that's the whole point of this yeah. podcast. But we did some googling during the yep. break. Stockholm syndrome, which probably the seven listeners um, knew. <laughs> <laughs> um but like your definition that you looked up this one is slightly different because uh, munchausers by proxy that's where you like give an illness to someone yes. that doesn't exist kind of thing well like rose from um do you know what i'm talking about that like made for tv movie oh thing it's, on, it's, I, no, it's it's real it's a true story
1: but oh, yeah. i mean yeah but munchausers is where you essentially like think that you have like women can you convince were- themselves they're pregnant and literally lactate and show oh, all the yeah. pregnancy symptoms. Oh yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. But yeah, Stockholm syndrome coping mechanism to a captive or abusive situation it can, applies to child abuse, coach athlete abuse, relationship abuse and sex trafficking. So yeah. not just even like if you've been kidnapped which, you yeah. know, whatever, but it it's it's more it's yeah, it's like it's like a psychological torture yeah. that like you you just kind of give up and you like you're like, "Oh, I love this person that's doing these awful things yep. to me." So yeah, it's it's funny. Um, well, reading it now, I'd probably be like, maybe I don't like this book. And I and I in romance novels, I think it was like a very nice um, escape. Oh yeah. Um, I feel like I I could probably tell you that like Nora Roberts has like two point five sex scenes, and I need, <laughs> and before I'd be like, ooh, like lady yeah. porn. But now I'm like, oh, and I flip past it. And I have to confess, like, I could care less. So
1: so mine when I was when I was younger, Twilight severely and here's my thing oh no i read it's twilight twice, oh multiple times and it's like okay i have a very bad it's okay there's so many just toxic things about twilight and it's extremely toxic
0: i mean so 50, many ways. 50 shades of gray was like fan fiction for i twilight i didn't read it because my mother-in-law was reading it and i, I never just read 50 shades it of just gray. made Iconic. me feel
1: so I, I love my mother-in-law to death she will cross weird boundaries. <laughs> like, how is my son? And, you know, the... Uh, I'm like, I'm not going to tell you that. Thanks for asking me, though. Um, Love ya. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> none, none your business. None your
0: business. Oh, but it's my gosh. Yeah.
1: But, like, I mean no i mean different. i was
0: so into twilight the movies were filming by my ex's house and i would drive around to like movie set spots well, like jacob black's house was in his neighborhood so i would like be like is anybody
1: well they have a whole bunch in washington like the school that was filmed when we lived down in vancouver washington it's a little bit up and so the yeah high like over For- there. i went
0: to forks it is the saddest, saddest i had
1: friends place. who lived in forks and they literally just were like our cousins are our cousins cousins like People marry their cousins here.
0: Yeah, it's it's middle of nowhere. The reservation there is like it just looks so sad, and I was like, like wow. underfunded. Like, and- like Twilight was a good thing for them. It brought it brought so much tourism to there. And it's a beautiful area. It's but- really pretty because it's all like the Olympic Rainforest. Oh, right? yeah, but um, it is like
1: the whole rainforest is.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, there's oh, some really pretty things oh, over yeah. there. But I'm gonna tell you, it was not impressive. But like for me, I realized later on. So like it was.
1: Like, Edward. Like, Jacob, to me, was, like, too much of a, like, a bad boy variable. And, like, I was just,
0: like... I didn't even think Jacob was a bad boy. He was just, like, that, like, soppy, like, boy next door. But in my
1: head, and so, like, I was, like, super into Edward. And then I realized it wasn't Edward. I just liked Bella. (laughs) And I don't know why. And it was just, like, I wanted to be her. I wanted to emulate her. Like, when I was in high school. And there comes a point you're, like, why? What is it about this girl? It's because, right, the guy that is most wanted by all the girls, the most attracted, like, right, wants her. So there is a psychological twist for you. And when you think
0: about it, right, you're like, you just want to be wanted. You want. So you know what's really funny is I was just telling someone about this, like, particularly characters that have my name. You know, Elizabeth is a very common name in a lot of, like...
1: I was going to say a lot of, like, English. A lot of English books. books. Elizabeth
0: Bennett, I was like, oh, that's me. So anytime I would read it, I would kind of put myself... Yeah in her position and I'd like be very haughty towards men and like oh whatever um and really like I wanted guys to like me because I was like an awkward fat whatever in school and that was my life and shit and you were like I just want guy to like me so what I found like when um I was dating again as an adult not like as a young 20 year old or like and none of my relationships were super conventional but like going on like tinder and stuff and i had like all the apps and i paid for them because i was not gonna like have random ass people swipe on me like if i'm like if anybody is serious about using those dating apps you better pay pay for it it. don't do the free shit alex we alex and i met on tinder and his was free so i he swiped on me yeah and and when you like so how like when if you don't pay you only see who swipes on you if you also swipe on them okay so if you're like in a big city like seattle like the, the, the odds of that happening are like slim to none yeah Uh, At least of somebody that you're attracted to physically. Find that mutual, yeah. And you have to, like, rate a really good profile. Like, I had someone help me with my profile. Like, oh, this is lame, Liz. And you don't have any full body. Like, I, so many men be like, can I see a full body shot? Like, gross. Because they don't want me to, like, you know, catfish them. I'm like, sorry? Like, it was, it was... It was liberating and also completely stressful at the same and time. And also,
1: it's like vulnerability. It's very vulnerable. To put and, yourself out and there and to strangers. 30,
0: I was age 38 when I went back into dating. Yeah. Not the like my expectation. Also, I'm like, I look really good for 38. I still look really good for 41. I'm just saying. Yep. I'm just saying I do not look my age. But um, I almost was living like this Mr. Darcy like fantasy on yeah. Tinder. And... So like I paid for those things and I got to decide if I wanted to swipe back on Alex and he looked super cute so I did you know and it turns out like we have a lot of nerdy yeah, things yeah. in common and like last night it was so funny he, he came out of the room and he's like hey Liz guess what and I go chicken butt and he goes damn. <laughs> Like <laughs> it's one of my favorite ridiculous things to say. But you get those moments. Those are the like, moments that were weird in the same way. I they, like this. But they solidify.
1: And like those are, those are the little moments that compile and compile and they build your relationship. They do.
0: And they're so great. But like when we so like uh, I uh, you know my t- my Tinder experience was just very interesting. Like yeah. I just like dated a ton of guys. And dated loosely. I didn't like seriously see anyone, but I went on a lot of dates. Yeah, And I had some people that came out really strong. They were really interested in me, and the minute they came on that strong, it was, like, repulsive, right? I was like, no. like And, like, anybody that was even, like, this is going to sound, it's like very toxic masculinity type thing, but anybody that was even, like, a little bit, like, i say effeminate, but, like, anybody that was too sensitive or too emotional, it really bothered me. Yeah. um, I, I think because, like, my ex is very, like,
1: feminine. And you wanted full, something full completely of, different. Full of
0: shit and garbage, but... Um, <laughs> but then if anybody was really aloof, it was something that I kind of like chased after a bit. Like now I'm like, wow, Liz really fucked some shit up there. Like, Oh, I wonder if that's the, that might be the lawn guy guys. Ignore the dogs barking. It sounds, sounds like it. I call it a greeting party. Like, Hey you, what's up? I've talked about this and I've even played clips of it on the podcast, but it's the, I call it the twilight bark, but it happens like all the time. Um, and then like, like, um,
1: or do you want Twilight from the Twilight book no no no, no. okay the I was Twilight thinking part. like werewolves no 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 no. no, no, no. Like?
0: 101 Dalmatians they call it's like when the puppies go missing because uh-huh. Cruella de like kidnapping all the puppies yeah. or whatever
1: turn into um, a gorgeous the dogs coat. like
0: Pongo and Perdita the parents try to find them by like we need to call the twilight Bark, like the twilight bark you think so bongo <gasps> and they all bark and then like every dog within like a mile of each other sends like this barking emergency message that is amazing. and it's like it's like it's like carrier pigeons except dogs barking right i didn't and even so think i, I like, joke that like the dogs in the neighborhood like they're not they don't bark all day dogs yeah um, and Rilla tends to only bark if I'm in the house. If yeah. I'm not in the house, she doesn't bark. I'm not sure what like Bear and Kitty do. Yeah, I haven't, they haven't lived here long enough for me to know that part. But yeah, it's I'm like I joke that it's the Twilight Bark. You must be alerting everybody. Oh, that
1: is amazing. I love that so much. But I'm like, sometimes
0: st- at night, you do, okay, well, and yeah, just me.
1: you're just laying there in bed and you, you know, one dog barks. I'm like, there you go. I mean, I don't. And you're gonna hear every dog in the I neighborhood. I don't know
0: how scientific it is. It's just a Disney movie that called it the Twilight Bark. I, and but a I Disney think movies sometimes nail it. they can be pretty accurate but yeah yeah, so that that's what they do but oh that's amazing um, yeah so like anybody that yeah i I was like this back and forth i couldn't find this good medium if someone didn't contact me back right away i would like i didn't know how to play hard to get or any of those things like totally clueless and also like the dating pool in the general area that we live in was not great (laughs) and i went on some awkward dates and When COVID hit, I think I had like, was maybe going to go on it. It was actually like a relief because everybody had to like isolate. So I didn't feel pressure to go meet people at the time. Yeah. And so I I think I was texting some guys and then like Alex swiped on me in like March of two years ago. Yeah. So 2020. And so like school had just like shut down and he kept like insinuating, oh, hey, he kind of insinuating, let's get together. But he's not a very pushy person. He was just very like neutral. Yeah. And I was like, huh, I think I like want to go with this guy. And I like waited and waited and then finally we went and we like, our first date was like a walk at the beach, which I've taught, it's very romantic in my, I romanticize a lot of things because of all my romance novel reading. Um But, but it is romantic. It is, it's, it's, a rom- romantic. it's a romance
1: that you were experiencing. It wasn't, it was, I mean, was, romance if, novels have to come from somewhere.
0: Right? imagination, which I, which I understand.
1: Okay. I, I just, because I love like, I love fiction, and I love fantasy, and I love anything to do with, like, medieval. Oh, yeah. I would never go live there because I'm very happy to live, like, medically and socially in the time period we the live plumbing.
0: in. The plumbing. is important to me. Yes. Yeah, you
1: know, I, I, I would, yep. Just saying, I don't want to poop but, on top of ten other but people's no, but poops. I have a tendency
0: and, to, like, romanticize things that I haven't experienced before, and I would say probably like this relationship's the best normal adult yeah. relationship I've had and then I like I didn't used to have like anniversaries or stuff really with my ex. Like it was just weird. And yeah. so like our first anniversary, I think I put like a ton of pressure. You call it romanticism, I call it like optimism
1: and essentially being grateful. Like I think I I, I think but here here's the thing. I feel like after really crappy things happen and experiences happen, when you experience that happy moment, those good feelings like it's okay to feel that romanticization about it that romantic oh, for sure well, but
0: I but I think like for me what it ended up doing and what I think it does uh, do for some people is it sets up this level of unrealistic expectations, expectations. and they're unspoken expectations. Yeah. and you can't say I want you to do this grand gesture like have you seen love actually could you have like a romantic <laughs> moment with like like cue cards outside my front door yeah because then you don't tell someone and then you have this like well they should just know and that was a danger I think I was in and I yeah. had to like make sure I didn't do right away because those unspoken things, like Alex's response would be like, well, you didn't tell me that. Yeah. Like, that's not fair. I didn't know that, you know? And I'd be like, well, you should just, he'd be like, how about you just ask me or tell me like, just yeah. very straightforward. So I just in general, like to, I guess to circle back to that, I, I, I like that we kind of met each other later in our lives. Yeah. Um, More independent. And it's so funny too, because I was, um, I was talking to like an old friend of mine that I ran into yesterday, and I was telling her like, you know, like you know, ask us, like says because you just we were doing like the soft start move in. I don't want like, to get jinx anything or talk about wow. it too much, but she's like, "Oh, that's great for you. You're so independent." I was like, "You know, I am, but you would think that that's how I would have I would have been fine." But I uh, like at first I was like, "Why don't you want to spend every waking moment with me? You've got to be so romantically in love with me," and that's just again not realistic. Um, but my ex like wanted my attention all the time yeah. and like my ADHD just like it, like if I was on my phone he'd get pissed off at me yeah. Alex does not give a shit if I'm on my phone or not yeah. like, thank you but like it was almost like I felt like well then I have to have all this time spent with someone to counteract whatever I messed up before which yeah. was, I didn't mess up it just it was, it is what it is but now there's like a level of like, oh, okay, like this isn't going anywhere. This is great and wonderful. And I don't need to feel like I'm like in a chokehold with it, you know? But also that's where insecurities come out oh, too. Sure. Right? And like a lot of that was not like an insecurity that had anything to do with him and no. everything to do with other people and other things. And so throughout like our like our our two year anniversary is in like a week or so. And <laughs> yay. And it's and you know, it's nice to say that. Yeah. But like I had to also like Like one of the things that I do is I romanticize an event or I like put a lot of like, like emphasis and pressure on that event. And then if it doesn't live up to whatever I've put in my brain, I get disappointed. And then what I end up doing is missing out on just enjoying that experience, that experience in that moment. I did that last year for Valentine's day, I think. And I, I never said, let's get presents. Let's do this. Let's whatever. Mm -hmm. And I remember like. Now, i don't know if alex will listen sometimes he listens to my podcast sometimes he doesn't yeah but i i remember like getting something for him and then thinking like wow well, like i should get something of equal or like yeah. like, like equal or greater value back or whatever. you know like i just i kind of did i don't know why i did that and what he got me was super thoughtful it was this cute little like stuffed chocolate Aww. puppy and it was and like in flowers but again like i don't think he'd done like valentine's yeah. day with somebody he brought me flowers on like i think valentine's day was like sunday but he brought me some flowers on friday and he was like these count for the whole weekend and i was like <laughs> of course they do i They're play that game roses. too and then do you know what my dad did my dad is like, so sweet oh
1: what did your dad do
0: he sent me like this big huge thing of like like flowers oh. for valentine i was like dad you can't send me stuff for valentine's day like yeah, he, he can it, he can't but it like out it overdid alex's flowers and i didn't want alex to have his feelings hurt Plus, like certain flowers are very overwhelming smells for me and give me headaches, and these ones definitely did. And yeah. I was like, "I'm gonna," get... but I didn't want Alex's feelings to get hurt. But in, in here, they I mean, didn't because he yeah. doesn't get hurt by things like that. At least I don't think so. But, but yeah, like I put all this pressure on it's it. A and secret I, list. And then it just wasn't fair of yeah. me to do that. So, this year for Valentine's Day, I was like, "Hey, here's what I would like to yes. do. What do you
1: think?" That well, that okay. A couple years ago, just Brene Brown quote that changed just changed everything for me. Clear is kind. And mm-hmm. for me, I think that just changed everything. like in all my relationships, that I'm clear like things that I want are what that I need. You and mean i mean
0: setting up healthy boundaries. Oh my Mariah. gosh.
1: Oh, <laughs> what is that? But it's just I mean, I, it's such a hard thing to do because I, I think too, society, societally as women, We're just like, kind of not, I don't, you you grow up thinking like too, like you have certain roles you fit, like you don't really get to speak up. Like you're not really, I mean the number of times
0: my sister's like, if I could just go to the bathroom alone, like even like literal, like literal boundaries of like, I need to go to the bathroom by myself. Have
1: you seen that TikTok of like secret things moms all do where they're pretending to take like a 10 minute shit just to get away from people? I, I
0: don't TikTok. I'm too old. I don't
1: TikTok either. This is how lame I am. I watch TikToks on YouTube, but just compilations of like the best ones that people put together.
0: Oh, gosh. No, I mean, so but it's, but it's but, true. Like there's that whole like this is 40 where
1: Paul Rudd like
0: hides no, in the bathroom but, on his iPad just to have a break. But,
1: but even, even like that, too. And I think, too, professionally, I feel like it's helped me out a lot because I feel like... I will shut down because I just want everybody to be happy and pleased with me. And now that I like, I'm I'm clear with like my feelings, my expectations, things that I'm struggling with, things that I feel I'm being successful about. If I'm clear with the people around me, like where I am, I feel like it's significantly helped me in every area. And
0: and like, you know, when I wasn't really clear with things, like it would be really, it would be really frustrating for Alex. And I, and I learned how to have like relationship boundaries, which is great
1: which is hard,
0: too. Yeah, it, and especially for, I, I guess, I almost, like, was relearning it. Yeah. And I remember, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of John Gottman, the Gottman Institute, and I love his stuff, and, yeah. like, Bernie Brown, and, like, he's just got great stuff. But he he often talks about, like, people feel wary to get with someone who's divorced or whatever. And I really felt like my relationship was, like, a divorce for me, because um, we were together for such yeah. a long time. And he said, you know, those people often make the best partners because they value a relationship so much more knowing what like has been lost. And so I always I I put too much pressure on myself as a perfectionist, for sure. But I definitely want to be more thoughtful and um, I want to make sure that I'm not overdoing it because sometimes I overdo it. Like, hey, I need I need to be valuable to you somehow so I'm going to do this thing, this thing and 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 then that can build up resentment like well you're not doing and it's like yeah. they never asked me to I just do that for people like or at work if someone was mad at me like I remember a coworker being upset several years ago and I knew this coworker's favorite drink favorite food and like I'm like please don't be mad at me and I would bring it in I mean think about the number of times I brought donuts yeah. to work because how else could I be like I'm sorry but also like I wasn't like for those of you that don't know, Mariah worked. Mariah is a wonderful educator and teacher, but she worked as a paraprofessional in my classroom for many years, and I I absolutely adore love Mariah. Or I wouldn't keep in touch with her, um, because I just don't have time and energy for people that don't make my time and energy positive and worthwhile. That's exactly what I say. We if, talked about that today. Yep. But... If, you, if, they,
1: if if somebody doesn't make you feel. The same or better when you're with them. Yep. It's not worth your time.
0: No, it's not. Yeah, and it's and I think as women, like we don't have that boundary. We're always like we're giving, giving, giving. That's what women do, right? Yeah. And it's that role. And it's like, wait, no. I mean, yeah. we can if we want to. Yeah. We absolutely can if we want to, but we don't have to. And I was listening to um, Jamila Jamil's podcast. Oh my the other gosh! Day, like, I like, weigh, about, I love uh, her podcast. He yeah. was one on socialism. Yes. Um, and he was talking about how like the, the social welfare programs, like people, are like oh, that, like. Nazis and communists and Stalin and whatever. And he's like, that's not what it is, you know. But there's this mentality that if we provide you with what you need, yeah, then you're just going to be lazy, non-contributing member of society, which in fact is not the case. No. Like, and especially women, like providing universal child care. Oh my gosh. It doesn't it make would... women lazy. It no. empowers women to not have to choose between career and motherhood. Yes. Just because the baby came out of your body, it should not be your it's sole responsibility. Not only that, I would be curious too to see what
1: the science says as exposing your children to more social outlets, more people. Does it give them a better opportunity to succeed? Which, if you want to be a say, stay-at-home
0: mom, that's also, not wrong with there's that. nothing wrong with either of those choices, but to not have the choice to, for someone to have to choose... Not working when they really want to work yeah. over um, childcare because of its exorbitant costs. Like that's insane.
1: No, it's that's insane. 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 And, it was, and it
0: was so great to 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 listen to that and feel like that's just one way that society is yeah. you know outdated, misogynistic, and holding women and, back.
1: And why we're on the topic of that too is listening to Brene Brown's podcast that she came out today with um, Emmanuel Acho. I um, love
0: him. I listened so, to her last one with him. I have. Oh listened yeah, to this, this one, one is
1: really good. Um, I saw it with like ten minutes left, but he said he was like there was a point. Well, this is always hard for me. He's always like, you know, you realize at a point that you don't like people so not everybody's going to like you. Well, there's a statistic on that too where they say that 10% of people that you meet are going to absolutely love you and enjoy you. 10%. Doesn't even matter what you do, they're just going to hate you. They're not going to like you yeah, no I matter know, what I know it who is. Those people are. Yep, and then that in between people are just neutral. Neutral. It's it's that scale, it's that spectrum. But he said, "Why are you letting insignificant people make significance in your life. Ooh. And it was just like, oh, (laughs) swallow my pride.
0: Okay. Um, Because it's so true all the time. But I think like I, like as a person growing up, because I am like, animated and I talk and I had yeah. like in the ADHD part of my brain that like I used to joke about but I always knew kind yeah. of deep down that that's who I was but I I never felt I just always felt weird and slightly on the out so yes. and I used to joke in college I was like people either really like me or like they're really annoyed by me I did not ever feel like there was a middle ground and really there probably wasn't
1: that's how I feel but yeah.
0: I also like when I had coworkers and I worked in such a trauma infused job I always felt like it was super hard to keep people around for a long time and we were all attracted to a trauma yeah. job for very we each interesting had reasons. our
1: owns and come in and fixers
0: whether we want to admit to it or not no. like I've admitted to yeah like, and, and also but I'm a good teacher like you you know are an t- amazing teacher I burped. you're an amazing teacher thank you I'm just that. I'm just
1: saying like I might name drop you a little bit too much <laughs> Where
0: I'm just like... Are they sick of hearing about me at your school? (laughs) I'd be
1: like, oh, well, you know, I learned this from, you know, Elizabeth Loftus. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. But it...
0: Because it's just...
1: It's true. If you have people around you who are willing to educate you and show you those things, those are I just... It makes life so much better. Well, it
0: does. And I think too, like so much of it, like when somebody like asks me about myself, yeah. I always say, well, I'm a teacher. Like I know the significance that that plays in my life yeah. and like that role. And so because I put so much time and effort into being good at my craft, at my, yeah. at my Your
1: science and art.
0: Well, yeah. And like, it's my calling in life, yeah. you know, and finding my way through it in different ways of teaching has been really interesting. And then becoming a behavior analyst only made me a better teacher, yeah. I believe, but like having people upset with me was so hard and i think like i flash back we could go real deep into whatever but but like with my parents like when i was young and i'm the oldest right yeah. so i'm the save the savior the protector yeah um sometimes whether people want it or not I'm trying to see and I've had to really step back and be like nope not everybody's on the journey not everybody wants the information I've like gotten to the point where I'm like do you want me do you want some advice or do you want me to just listen yeah because I can do both and I want to make love sure I that, like, though but I'm, it's hard it's, it's hard it's hard to do that and it's hard to play that role but
1: guess what everybody needs to hear that because there are times like when you ask me that it makes me feel validated because you're asking what I need you're you're asking, Mariah, what boundaries do you need me to set up right now? Yeah, because you instead, it's
0: me? I'm enforced, I'm like imp- imp- imposing on you what I want you to have for me versus yeah. what you need for me. And and I just think as a young kid like a lot of a lot of that was a result of my parents getting sober yeah. and the trauma that that brought because when you're sober then you're dealing with things and the fights were bad. Yeah. Um never like they were never abusive to us or anything like they loved us but they were dealing with all of their shit that they had gotten yeah. up with, you know, it's for that, years. Yeah. It's, it's
1: that it's yeah. that trauma drip. It's that trauma continuation, right? And you're a cycle
0: breaker well yeah which was and they well you know my dad was my dad and my mom were the cycle breakers very, okay that's good very truly yeah. like my dad talks about when he went to rehab and when you talk about them it
1: just seems like they're the most, the most amazing human they're amazing so they just drive like,
0: me crazy and that's i love what them parents and they're do though but great but yeah and i you know getting to live with them as a, as a young adult like or, it was back it was such an interesting experience like yeah. being a teacher for the first grad school and living with them and anyways well it's it's, it's a lot but you know they were the the cycle breakers. My dad yeah. talks about when he went to rehab that they told him like 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 eight out of ten of you were gonna relapse. And actually, relapse is way more common, it's and, and it's really it's, common when you get sober. Relapsing is stigmatized, so I mean, it shouldn't be because it's a, it's a sickness that you might yep. get sick with again, yeah. And that's okay, and you can get sober again. It, yeah, it happens. Yeah. Um. I have a friend who recently a got sober. Journey is not linear, right? No. It's, it's and ex- I was, so. and I had just heard all these podcasts about it, and then I got like scared for my friend <laughs> that got sober recently because I was like, oh no, I hope this friend, like, I hope there's not too much, you know. And I was like, Liz, chill the fuck out. They don't need you to like say any of that to them. So I did it yeah. but it's a wonderful friend and i'm so excited for this person yeah. that they're sober because their life is just like and it, it's amazing hard. it's but, hard to do but that. it's hard when you're when you're a nine ten year old little girl and mm-hmm. you're the big sister to two kids yeah who we all experienced the same events but interpreted them very differently oh yeah um i'm the youngest so it's like the opposite very, yeah. for me yeah yeah and so like that i think translated to how I've become a teacher and but also wanting to please right yeah like could we heal could we not like I wanted everybody to be a pacifist but I wanted I and I didn't think anything was my fault like yeah. right or anything like that but like is there something I can do to be better so I'm not part of the the problem that's happening yeah. and then like being a normal teenager shit would go down or whatever but well being an empath is that as well and, and it's, it's just- and I, don't, I think I I've literally I used to be such an empath um I've almost shut it off completely um, which is so hard to do. It's if you have to tr- train yourself, I have like, to like slowly open the valve again over time. But like, like, for example, like, um, it's like autism awareness, uh, week, month, whatever yeah, for
1: April, yeah. for April.
0: And I, uh, as a, as a behavior analyst, like my clientele were, were kids with autism and yeah. working with their families and I'm really good at it, especially yeah. higher functioning kids with autism. And I know my shit and yeah. I love, and I love that job. I loved that job yeah and I had to resign from that job because I was teaching and doing that during COVID I realized I was a workaholic much like my parents were alcoholics you know like same same you know but I was like oh I can't do everything I have to say no yeah um but it's another boundary setting right, for yourself and your mental health for autism awareness everybody's posting things whatever and I just shut that off a lot yeah um I shut off a lot of like the shit that goes down at school. I used to talk about it and post about it. I think I went like a couple years ago and like deleted a million. I was like, Oh, this I should have never posted this about work. And I like, deleted a whole bunch of things, but I don't want that to be the like, reflection of you. the reflection of me. And I also yeah. think like I became very, um, martyred. Yeah. Like I was a martyr in my mind because like, I get so pissed at teachers that complain about like not getting their lunch breaks <sighs> and their planning. And I'm like, bitch, I was holding the door. But then you realize they're like, Oh, they have every right to complain they have a about because legality about and boundaries and-, and for some reason i never made a huge stink and when i did make a huge stink was real close to some other events happening yeah. but you know i can't go back to that but
1: i but i i was literally was it Jamil? was it was it an i way where they were talking about the toxicity of um optimism yes right and they were talking about that how you're like oh some schools have this but I don't so I don't understand like right that optimism that you have where you're like oh I don't have it as bad so you know it's fine
0: well yeah but I would use I would use like the struggles of my job to like explain away or justify like having a lot of wine or Mm -hmm. I I deserve this because of this and it became very almost like bitter yeah um and lots of barking my lawn guy showed up I (laughs) can hear him mowing Sorry. Uh, real life and recording in my office yeah. in my house. We might pause in a minute and it's we, fine. If you have ADHD
1: might. you can when there if there's lulls you can just hear sounds and it's gonna help your brain. Maybe so. and we have a little ASMR. But yeah. But
0: yeah, so I think like I would just get really upset if people were unhappy and I'd want yeah. everybody to be happy and stick because you know like i also would recognize like when things would change with adults it was hard oh, yeah. for the kids oh yeah well because they can feel that oh it's just my research room kids bobby god bless her she like they were moving into a new house yeah. and she was out for a couple days and like, where's miss bobby like they were panicked well it's that kids need that consistency
1: right and and that's that's a and thing I, too and I felt like
0: in our job before it would change a lot and then the adults would get really like i used to blame myself for a lot of things and then i'm like also no like I flash back to like who was mad at me why a lot of it is I have a very black and white sense of not very black and white I know that's gray but but I have a very firm sense of what's right and wrong in the educational environment and I've always followed that and it's been hard for some people. Yeah. Um, but I can sleep at night. Yeah. There we go. I can sleep at night. Yeah. And that's... and 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 it's tough. Like right now, like um, there's a couple kids whose parents are deploying. There's one yeah. little girl, like her mom's a single mom. He has, has a boyfriend now or whatever. Aww. And I love this little girl. I yeah. love her to pieces. I have to keep I still am her teacher. Yeah. And I still have to keep that boundary. Yeah. Like one day it was so funny. I'm sure I've told a story before, but one day, like I came into the classroom, I was pushing in for math with like her and like a couple other kids and I walked by her and said, like, hey, good morning. And, like, like the little, like, scritchy scratch on her head. Like, hey, kiddo. Because she had, like, her hood on or Yeah. Whatever. And she didn't hear me because she gets very sulky. Yeah. And a lot of it's anxiety. It yep. was, like, knowing her mom was going to leave soon. It was really hard for her. Yeah. And then it got changed, which was super hard. She was very weepy. <sighs> and I didn't blame her. I said, you no. know, sweetheart, sometimes it's, like, easier that just happens and gets out of the way. Yeah. Um, But also you're modeling how to handle those emotions. And 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 that's okay. She wrote me this note and it came back the next day. She, Because she thought I didn't say hi to her and ignored (gasps) her. And I'm like, oh man. Right? And she's like, I just had my feelings sir. I know you probably didn't mean it, but you didn't even say hi to me. And I was really sad. And her mom helped her. And she wrote this whole thing. And I was like, oh sweetheart, I did say hi to you. But you were like really, like you were a grumpy grump with your head down and your hood on. And you didn't. She goes, Really, I go yeah. She was really sorry and stuff. I said sweetheart, it's okay. I really have a lot going on, you know. And when they're a little bit sassy, I'm like, hey, knock it off. Like yeah, I had to not yell at, but I had to like, no, be a but, little bit of a re- like reprimand with yeah. a couple of these little girls who love me and yeah. I love them. But I've said a couple times, I'm like sweetheart, I am not your mom. Yep. I am your teacher, and I love you to pieces. Maybe a little bit of a cool aunt, but no, I'm not. I'm not your mom. mom. And I have to. Do I know that I've been given an opportunity to provide them with some love and support? Absolutely, yep. but I also don't want it to be stranger, like like not st- twisted or anything. Because I don't nothing yeah. unhealthy is happening. But I don't want to make when these kids move on to the next grade, which is not in my school. Yeah. I don't need to be another adult that like is not there. Anymore. Is not there for them anymore. Yeah, you know, and not that their parents aren't there for them, but no, like But we live in a military community where kids are traumatized over mm-hmm. and over again every time their parents have yes. And and not only that
1: though, it, it's looking at it in the way of. This is how I view it anyway. I, I have this year. Well, for me, you you get couple years sometimes with your kids, but I have this year to give you as much many tools and resources as I can to help you be successful mm-hmm. as just a human being.
0: Yeah. Just as a human being. And Mariah I, teaches kindergarten, by yes, the way. So it's te- like a very crucial t- t-
1: All social emotional. Kindergarten I mean, was a role Did I tell you this year? Did I tell you about my um April Fool's pranks?
0: I, I, I will tell you i had a really hard time with april fool's pranks this year but i was like you-
1: okay well i did a couple ones like convention but it was saturday and i was like oh my gosh thanks for joining me on a saturday it's so weird you're here and then i have That's like a lucky duck where he was an assistant and i put a cvc word which is a consonant vowel consonant word if you don't know what that is so the bob so they could read it right like, who's Bob? I was like, Bob's been here all year. I have this empty desk that I've set up all year long. And they're just like, and I just pretended there was a student named Bob. And I have a pair I pushed in my classroom. And I told him about it. And he was like, you guys don't know Bob. And Oh, then, that is
0: so funny. And then that they walk,
1: funny. they walk in and I was like, hey, Bob and they're they're all looking and it's like no one's there and then I'm talking and I'm like helping an invisible kid hang up their backpack and like go to their seat and the kids are just staring like what and then um, Mr. John's like waving at them like oh hey Bob how's it going blah 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 and my kids just did not know how to react and then later, I made them work all week. There's like this thing called dojo, like, you know, cross oh, yeah. dojo, where they earn points. They had to earn forty points because I I do lots of rewarding, like in my classroom. I love how you're sitting. I'm you know, um, like, that makes me so happy. I, I just because oh. you have to, right? A kindergarten that's so, such an emotional, like it's such an important time to get those habits, you're, yeah, right? Yeah, you are shaping positive, positive behaviors. behaviors. Yep. Um, but anyway, they had to get forty points to get my special treat that I got them. And this is like such a, a teacher dork April Fool's joke, but. I brought in a tin, like a brownie tin, and I pulled it down. And I was like, guys, I can't wait. This smelled so good when I was making them this morning. And I cut a whole bunch of brown E's, like E's oh. that are brown. And I showed the kids, and their faces were like, oh. and I had parent volunteers in there. I told them I was doing this prank, and they are like, try not to laugh. Then, of course, this is just kindergarten. Then <laughs> then this little because this, this little girl no this is a prank miss because we had a big conversation yesterday about how we're not supposed to eat paper <laughs> because
0: <laughs> someone because, was eating paper dude, yes
1: because okay i turned around and my one who is just he's he is goofy he is just out there and i love him he makes my day um he's sitting here and i hear this chanting i'm dealing with the behavior in the corner i hear this chanting eat it eat it, eat it, like a frat house. I'm like, where am I right now? Am I in kindergarten or am I at a college party? I do not know. And I walk (laughs) over and he's stuffing paper in his mouth and the kids are chanting, eat it, eat it. And we had a long conversation about how paper can hurt our tummy um, and the only thing that should be going in our mouth is food, medicine the doctor our mommy gives us, and drinks. And paper is not good for our stomachs. So paper is only for writing, it is for drawing, it is for using as a tool. It is not food. And so we had this big conversation about it. And we had a talking point about appropriate behavior in the classroom. And yeah, anyway, so of course they say that in front of the parents. And the parents are looking at me like, what?
0: <laughs> so, they have to know their kids. I mean, I, when I, I was a I kid, know. I would like, I would sniff the smelly, the Mr. <laughs> scent, the Mr. Scent markers. And oh, I use
1: make... that as a reward. So like oh. I go by and if they're doing really well, I have a whole big thing of smelly markers. And I go by and I do tick marks on their papers. Oh, they can smell So it. They, they can smell it while they're working. So I'm like, I love it. Tick mark of a scent. Remember
0: what I used to do with the lip gloss? I got that from someone like smelling. I don't know, but that's a, a good idea on their, on their hand. Well, not with COVID, this yeah, was pre COVID, no, but, but no lip. And you didn't like use the lip gloss, yes? It was but just, just I and mean, they would be like, and it would stay on their idea. For a while.
1: I don't remember. Maybe don't do it this No, it this but year. I'll do it when maybe life's a little less germy. Germ, germy super, I mean, it's always germy in kindergarten, but it's extra, but, yes.
0: I mean that's why good for you that you love it when they're that sticky and slimy and germy. I'm like oh you're cute but stay oh. away are you kidding I, I, I come home and immediately shower <laughs> so I, I oh. okay
1: what was your thing about April Fool's oh, April Fool's.
0: I think because there's a lot of kids I know that are on the spectrum and yes, for them it, it, was, it, they, it, it was really stressful for some kids in some oh, places no. and I like, what is it about holidays? Like, I don't want to be a Scrooge, but we build up holidays so big at school, oh, yeah. especially yeah. that sometimes there's kids that holidays are not fun. It's anxiety-ridden. It's ridden, anxiety-ridden. Yeah. And I'm just like, maybe we should chill the fuck out about holidays at school. Yeah. And April Fool's is not even, like, a thing. I'm like, ah. So I, I didn't be here But behaviors rise, Maybe. too,
1: during the holidays. Yeah. Stress, parent stress, like Christmas.
0: Oh, my gosh. Your, your
1: children can hear you secretly bickering about money. They come in and they talk to us about it. Like, it's just. Oh, yeah. I've always had that conversation. <laughs> and, like, every every time, even there. And I'm
0: like, guys, sometimes not everybody's happy at
1: Christmas. Yeah. we have that conversation. And, and it's just kind of like, I, I mean, and then,
0: so, living in a military
1: town, parents are deployed. They can't. I mean, it's stressful. It's hard. Um, and it's just kind of like, eh, yeah, I, I agree. I yeah. Just, so
0: I just, I, i someone had pointed it out to me. I don't think I would have thought about it that way. Yeah. Until someone sets something about it, I try to do it. it more
1: like a seasonal celebration than like
0: yeah, like and, and celebrate fall. And right now, if like the school district was all of a sudden like we're not celebrating parties, literally ninety percent of the community would lose their minds they would, collectively. They be would like,
1: absolutely "What? Say. You're
0: trying to take the Christ out of Christmas in schools or something?" I'd be like, "No, that's not in yeah. fact at all. What You're we're Santa doing. Claus. But Santa Claus, you know, and those kids that over like, Santa's not I- real." I'm like, "Well, I think it's real," and I have to like deadpan (gasps) yeah i have to sell it yeah because Mm -hmm. because third fourth grade who i'm with it's in between it's in between
1: between. you're we're walking above fire you want to believe it because you're gonna get a nasty call from a parent
0: how dare you and you're like my child that santa claus is not real didn't didn't no, I, I don't, I've never had that phone call. Thank God.
1: I have not, and I hope not. It
0: was—it's my worst. But my, I have had some where.
1: Okay, I copied your desk fairy. So Liz does this thing where she would do desk fairy. I stole it
0: from someone else. I'm sure. Okay,
1: well, I, whatever. I stole it from you. Well, that's it's all, all good. I know. All good. But I do a desk fairy and I leave a little note and I leave like a little like frog and like a little treat on their desk. Whoever's the cleanest desk and I'll do after school. I'll be like, oh, do you hear that? And I'll, op- I'll like open the window wider. I'm like, oh my god, I hear the wings a desk fairy and then they start oh freaking God. out that's but amazing one of my girls came in and announced during nerdy announcement she rose her hand And i was like oh gene lo- i'm sorry i love how you rose your hand what's up stands up my brother said you are the desk fairy <laughs> and like and i had so many kids just like what what and it was like this whole thing and then i started perpetuating like okay am i gonna have to deal with this with every holiday is there gonna be one child every holiday in kindergarten
0: i mean i was the kid that ruined magic
1: yes, <laughs> so i'm sure
0: oh gosh i'm sure i'm sure but like yeah so i don't know it's so it's so funny like the things like as adults we like put on our kids in school oh, yeah. i mean you don't know i could do my teacher rant where i'm like we cannot solve all the world's ills <laughs> for you everybody we try real hard but we yeah. can't but yeah it's you know to to circle circle all the way back like um yeah, being being a human is hard. Being yes. an adult is hard. Um, but one of the things, um, like I was reading and we were maybe talking about it earlier today and I was talking about my therapist yesterday. Yeah. Is that idea of um, joy and how you can lose the joy yeah. um, if you're not like present in the moment and experiencing it, and the only way to continue to have joy because happiness is just like a mo- is like a fleeting emotion. Yeah. Um, joy, finding joy in things, also a little bit more fleeting, but contentment and things like that. Like, if you stop having gratitude, yeah, if you can't find things to be grateful for then you become numb to it you, be, yep. you become you know desensitized to the positivity and you need bigger and better and more to make yep. you feel happy sound like drugs anybody but you it's know? a practice it's just it like is. yoga just like anything that's good for you it's a practice which is hard because yeah. you see so much like like discontent and unhappiness yeah. and you look at and sometimes people have everything you wish you had and they're unhappy and yeah. you like why oh. And then the crazy thing is it most
1: of it's just a facade so like, it's it just, it's, it's, it's a lie. And a lot of, we always want to put our best foot forward or best face forward. We always want to seem like we have it together. And most people don't. And it's a lie. No. And, and, and like, when you start to get to know, know people, there's so many times you you are like, Oh Man, this person really has their life together. Of this, and
0: then you start to get to know well, them, and, and you and compare you yourself to everybody's. Like, you compare yourself to the people you graduated high school with. You compare yourself to your siblings. You compare yourself to family members. Yeah, they compare you to someone else. Uh, but okay. how well do they actually know? Well, like, and-, and the crazy thing is, think about it too. If I
1: were to go back right now and go talk to anybody that I graduated high school with over ten years ago, now it, it would be essentially like they would be different people. I'm almost guaranteed there's no way all of these life lived experiences have not changed them if they haven't then that feels a little sad not gonna lie it feels like maybe you have a lot of growing to do but I think that that weirdly makes me feel happy for them like I'm sure they've been through a lot of shit but it just makes me feel good like the world is always changing and I would like to think in my positive mindset that people are always going to want to be a better person to grow better and be better not always there is that no very few, but I think there's yeah. a lot of people so I like think about like some of the people who were jerks to me in high school like I always think like did they become better people did they go through experiences that made them better humans do you know what I mean I don't I, I
0: hope so I you know it just I think like the time I have with like my students right now I'm like I feel like I have to squeeze every possible yeah. moment right there's a lot of urgency to make up for lost time and lost skills for me, I just want to make sure I give them enough like little reminders about yeah. like being a good person. Yeah, there's a lot of like bullying and like nitpicking and all sorts of shit going on right now. And yeah. it, it's a flashback for me for my experiences. Like, oh, yeah. um, I did this training up like last year, like the back to school training, and um, I did the training on equity bias or whatever. And he, yeah, like he was like, "What do you? What's your bias?" And I realized my bias was like like teenage athletic teenage boys that were popular. <sighs> Like, go figure. The ones that made my life But away. you're not the only
1: one who said that. I've actually talked to a couple people who were like, I didn't realize. And,
0: and I wouldn't even say maybe all those boys were mean, but the girls that liked those boys were mean. Mm. Some of those boys would tease me. Uh, and at the end of the day, like, when people are really mean or awful, like, you have people say, like, they're jealous of you or whatever. I'm like, what? I, I can look in the mirror and find a million flaws. I can yeah. look over my day and find a million ways I fucked up something. I could always do better and like that's the that perfectionist what? mentality oh yeah um, and, and what's funny oh you will love this and we might have talked about it before right. but like growing up Catholic like I have a cool really strong need for amends like going to confession and having a priest forgive you like you're told that that's the only way you get true forgiveness this, so like yeah. if you die right after like pretty much you get to go to heaven Probably, but if you did
1: something bad before
0: you get to go to confession. If you thought about sex for 10 seconds between confession and when you die, like, you know. yeah, And it's not that extreme. But that was always the notion. And when I hurt someone, I've just disgu- I realized the reason I get so panicked. Like, I don't, like, as much as I want to be able to, like, sit in my feelings yeah. and experience my things. And allow myself to. Because I don't like to feel things that aren't good. Yeah. Like, who does? Mm. Yeah. um, But, uh... I realized what I was doing was trying to um, get amends, get forgiveness. Yeah. Well, it's I a lot of shame, you, though. It is a lot of shame. Like, but I need you to culture. forgive me right now. Yeah. Forgive me right now. But what if people aren't ready? What if they have, like like Alex, when he's frustrated by something, he likes to think about it for a while. And yeah. I'm like, let's talk about it right now. And I have to remember that I can't flood him with my intensity. Yeah. And my need. Yeah, I'm like, so let hard. me know when you're ready. And he's, like, over time, like, two years is not a long time. And it's a very long time at the same time. Yeah but we, I've done a good job of like pulling back and he's done a good job of telling me yeah um like when I get really emotional I, like I burst into tears and then when he's like really frustrated he, like he can be like yeah, I can kind of be an asshole you know <laughs> um at like, last this is a funny story last weekend I asked him if he could chom chom the couch, and for those of you that I've not explained to chom chom, too, it's this device that like takes the pet hair off yeah. your anything, and it's amazing. It's amazing, and you think it's cheesy and stupid, but it's not. Chom chom, I would love to advertise for you. <laughs> I purchased a million of them on Amazon. Like about a year, you need a new one, but it's twenty dollars well spent yeah, once it's, a year. It's not, and don't buy a knockoff. No, I did. You once, have to get the You need brand. to get the like legit chom chom. And, yeah. and they even like you have like, a portable one now. I think to a small one, a smaller maybe, one. but like there's even a knockoff that uses the picture of the real chom chom but when you actually go to purchase amazon gotta get the chom chom but anyways like like we have different expectations for like like the upkeep of a home right yeah so we've talked a lot about what our expectations are but last weekend i was like hey could you chom chom for me and he was gonna oh maybe this is like two weekends ago i don't remember. and um he's like yeah i'll do it later and i I want to make sure that like I'm not putting like this expectation like often like like kids and families I work with in ABA like I told him to clean the kitchen all he did was do the dishes I'm like well okay but if you weren't explicit yes of what it was you can't get angry that's the same thing with ADHD though so they've talked about that right so it's it's like well you clean the be, kitchen
1: th- so like you to you clean the kitchen might be just doing the dishes but like if i walk in and you say clean the kitchen i'm like okay i gotta pull everything out expired things in the fridge pantry i yeah. need to go through it needs to be
0: mocked all the dishes need to be done it is blah, 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 blah. right like yeah, that's so, where my brain
1: goes well yeah but- So there's
0: like that expectation right and so i i knew he's like oh, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll do it later before i leave and i was like okay you've got to be okay with that liz you didn't yeah. say do it within the next hour because oh. i knew he was doing stuff but i was making dinner and cleaning and doing other things and it was a reasonable request and he knew it yeah but he had just um gotten a text that said he had to like come in and work nights like this week or Ugh. whatever and he wasn't expecting it like yeah it was he was he was mad and then like something happened and he like he went to the he like went grocery shopping but he didn't really need anything he just needed a break because he was feeling frustrated because <laughs> i asked him to clean and he doesn't tell me this till like way later at night so like i was like hey um, like, was, were you still like, okay with like doing that before you like left? Cause it was getting close to when he would go home yeah and he's like, yeah. And he was like really grumpy about it. And I was like, I was like, oh no, like I've hurt his feelings. We're getting ready to start like the slow, the soft start for moving in together next week. And I'm already like, I'm ruining everything. I'm asking too much. Right. And I'm freaking out. But I'm like, but it's just job training. I don't want him to be like, mad at me. I just want him to do but it. But also,
1: his brain, if he really is... If it's something he does not enjoy doing, it's harder for him to probably make himself do it.
0: It is. And of course, he's like, I don't have to like it, do I? I he's like, I can't... I don't want to say no. You need then to I, enjoy
1: he, it and whistle yeah, and goes, dance the whole
0: time you do it, Alex. Like, he's come like, because if I say no, I look like a lazy asshole. He's like, and I was just <laughs> mad about like work and whatever, he's and so like I'm going to be grumpy. I hate that feeling. And I was like, okay. And then like I like... Didn't like burst into tears, but I like my eyes started leaking because I just felt like super embarrassed. Like yeah. I'm like, oh no, he's mad. Like why are you gonna be mad? And he's like, I'm not mad at you, and I'm over it already. Like literally, he gets over things so fast, which yeah. I'm like, what? This needs to be drawn out, like you know. <laughs> and we said something to each other along the lines of like, well, like you're gonna be grumpy and a little like like grumpy about something for a while, and I might get emotional and cry. Yeah. And we're both working on that. Like we acknowledge that we try not to be like mean and grumpy, and I try not yeah. to cry so much because it is they're both tools that can be used for good and evil you know um and so i said but essentially that's who you are and essentially that's who i am so either we completely change who we are or we start to accept this more like and it's just we have really great conversations like that yeah and he's so he like you know he was so funny he um took out the garbage and he, I know at home, like he, like in his, in his condo, like he'll yeah. forget to put a bag in because I'll go to throw something away and it'll be empty because he would have had trash out that morning, Yeah, but he wouldn't have put a bag back in because he probably took it out on his way to work. And he and doesn't pull it event. out until he's ready to throw
1: something away. Exactly. That's how his brain works on that. Absolutely.
0: It yeah. makes total sense to me. I take it out and it's been ingrained I in me growing up. That I to immediately put in a new bag. Yeah. Like the sound of the, <laughs> when you open the bag, like <laughs> yep. boom. So I realized he must've done that when I was gone and I put a new bag in and later on he's like, Oh, I took the trash out. And he's like, but I forgot. Oh, I think I forgot to put it back. I was like, I oh, don't worry about it. I put yeah. a back. And I said, but thank you so much for taking the trash out. Yeah. I didn't need to say, yeah, well, you didn't put a bag back in. Right? Because the minute you do that, like, I don't, like, I, like, I want, if these are things that I think are kind and thoughtful and, and helpful and necessary. Yeah. I don't want to, like, say, oh, sorry, you didn't do the added things that I thought you should do with it. See, Thomas, Which isn't what I thought. I yeah. let it go. I were like, so much more subtle. This is,
1: it's, it's so interesting. Like, I... This is why I love life, and this is my hippie nerdness inside me. I just love how the dynamics of every relationship works. Yeah, because like, think about it. Thomas and I have been dating over thirteen years, and we moved in when I was twenty. And I used to hate that we met each other so young. I hated it because I was like, second I met him, I was like, shit, (laughs) no, like I I didn't want to. I didn't ever want to get in a relationship. I I didn't. I really didn't. I always saw myself as like through my early 20s just focus on me and single i didn't see that and i met him and i was like no and so we built like a well-oiled machine from young age because we grew up like we lived we moved out together first right and now that i, I do love that we've met when we met because we've developed in the better humans because of each other but we do these little petty cute things i would call them <laughs> we're like if i'm doing that thomas will just go get a trash bag and be like oh wait I laying the trash can for you like things like that right so it's just like, kind of like notice
0: that I did this yeah notice that
1: I did this and but then it like you know it helps to build like okay we both like it when we put the trash bag in immediately or this or that right and it just kind of like it's just I, I just I'm so nerdy I love human relationships I love that puzzle right like everything's a puzzle like you're trying to figure out the puzzle of the other person and it's always but you're always changing. like imposing
0: what you think about yes. it on them and like, yes. like love it's languages. like doing a
1: puzzle with like glasses like a special type of glasses on where like you can't see the colors clearly right and you're still trying to put it together and figure it out and it's a lifelong
0: journey that well, you'll yeah, never like finish I, like i really like i like i said before like i always feel like i have to make myself useful so like yeah. I, for the longest time, I always had Alex's favorite soda in my fridge. I always had his favorite, like, tree. I always That's made sure true. I had these no. things. But then, over time, what right. I would start to do is, like, well, why did, when I go to this place, he doesn't have the drinks. But that is not how he expresses no. his love. And really, when I thought about it, I was doing it for, I thought, good reasons on the surface. But underneath, mm-hmm. it was a, like, self-preservation. It was a, I need to feel, like. So useful. You need to yeah. want me. I can't fuck anything up. Like it was very yeah. more, not disordered. I don't want to say like that serious, but I was like, Liz, you're not like, you don't always have to. So yeah. like that, I stopped getting his drinks all the time. Cause then also I think what it did is it maybe made him feel beholden. And if that's not his love language, if he doesn't have the time or things, yeah. then you can actually make someone feel bad and shitty. Like they can't keep up with what you're doing yeah. and you can get resentful and none of it's fair and no. none of it's explicit and none of no. it is said out loud. It's all this like subtext yeah. and communication and it's, that's how people get in like these petty, awful fights Oh yeah, and it stays that way. And so I was like, Oh, and he was like, you know, I forget how he worded it. But he was like, it feels like, like, a, like a mind game. Like He's yeah. not like you're playing mind games, but he's like, but like Jeff, if you want something, just say it. Well, see, that's okay. And when it's you watch people do. growing up not just saying mm-hmm. it and like assuming, yep. you just think, well, I should just, it should be this thing where you're Mr. Darcy the fuck out of it and you just know <laughs> to be... Which but is so not realistic. Yeah,
1: and it's even like that with friendships. So my best friend, Katie, when I went to go visit her this last summer, like my... Anxiety works where I go to someone's place and I
0: think I need to be useful, just like that. So, and it probably to her, like, we had will, this big... I will, I will interrupt whatever. you. When Mariah and Thomas would house it for me and they'd watch Rilla, they would legit, like, secretly, I was always so excited because I think, like... <laughs> They would not let me pay them. I would try to pay them, and then she would. They would clean my whole house, you guys. But that's what we did for over
1: a year. We didn't have a about a year. We didn't have a actual house or place to live because we were dog sitting constantly when we were younger, and so we would always clean. But it's just like you know, I used your space. It like you know what I mean. But for my, that's how my anxiety works. That's that's how how my anxiety works. And so my best friend Kitty, we we've been best friends since we were juniors in high school. So we've been best friends. 13 years and she's like really my soulmate like as a human and when I went to her new apartment in her place I was such an asshole because I didn't See these boundaries. I was like, I need to be useful. I cleaned her apartment just like from head to toe. I would constantly do the dishes. I would constantly be like, like can't sit still. Need to, Katie, let me do this for you. Let me do
0: this for oh, you. Oh, and did that because, signal some things to her and she took it Yes, as in like
1: she felt like she w- couldn't do this or that or that. Like I was making her feel this certain way because I had this need to feel like I'm I needed. And so I was like, I couldn't stop. It was like, like and you know, and you can't, like my brain couldn't be like, I need to take care of you. That's what my brain was saying. I need to do this for you. I need to make sure this is clean and whatever. Um, you know, and like make sure you're eating. Make sure you do. And that's how my brain, and we've never gotten in an argument before. And this was our first big argument. She was like, you know, you really made me feel like I was incapable of taking care of myself, Ooh, and yeah. which, which is like, sometimes you need that fucking truth bomb. And like, I appreciate her tr- speaking her truth and how she was feeling. Cause that's hard to do. That's hard to be honest with someone. Be like, you did this thing and it really bothered me. It really made me feel uncomfortable. And so, like I, I, I was a little petty, and I didn't talk to her for a couple of days. Like, <laughs> I can't believe you. I was to help, but it was so validated, and it makes you stop and really just review, like the whole situation. We've, we've talked about it a million times since, just about like how both of our brains were like just in a, in a moment, and like both both her and I, like social things, we get worn out because our brains are like the whole entire time. And so, like, for me, it was, like, that constant needing of validation and to feel like I'm helpful and useful, which is so hard in every relationship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's just, like... Oh, I
0: definitely was, like, I, I, like, had, like, a plan where, like, I'm going to take care of him, and I'm going to do... And he is, like, a fully capable adult human. And
1: it's hard. Who
0: didn't need me to do that. Maybe it's nice to take care of each other... Yeah. Down the road, but, like, I was, like, from, like, from the get-go, I was, like, oh, this... I know where this is going, you know, like... And, you know, like, I went and got groceries, and so, like, he moved a bunch of his stuff in, like, this last week has been, like, our first, like, full week together um, in my house, and... I, like, took care of stuff already because I'm, like, a very planner-aheader because of my, my ADHD. If I don't plan ahead, I get overwhelmed and I get behind. So I plan ahead. Yeah. And I had Imperfect Foods groceries delivered, and I decided I needed some more HelloFresh in my life. It was easier and less wasteful. The prices went up, but they were like, if you unpause now, we'll give you this much. Of I was like, course. deal. You go deal. look on YouTube.
1: Have you ever done that where you just, like, search, like, YouTube codes?
0: Oh, yeah. And I, get yeah, the, yeah I, I get the free stuff. Him. Yeah. All the yep. time. Yeah. Um, I tried the Martha Stewart ones And I did not like Martha them
1: Martha Stewart has Of course yeah, Martha Marley Stewart Sp- Has everything Marley
0: Spoon I Is didn't it like called it called
1: like um, Prison food No Marley, It's called
0: Marley Spoon I didn't like it But um I, He wanted to be helpful too And he's like Well I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the commissary And get some things And it's like Do we need anything I was like I don't know I got this and this He's like Oh Like I could tell He was like a little bummed <laughs> Um, but he shops for himself. I was like, yeah. hey, is there anything in the fridge that, that's like it's yours? You'd be really bummed if you opened the fridge and it was gone and someone ate it. And he's like, eh, except maybe the yogurt. <laughs> like he got like yogurt for himself, and it's yeah, it's like it's like cookie dough yogurt, and what? The like other Yeah. It's like I go, I do this qualify as breakfast food. And he's like, anything <laughs> you eat in the morning is it's breakfast. breakfast. <laughs> I was like, can't argue with that logic. So I'm like, nope, I'm gonna leave those to you. Eating peanut butter cup yogurt sounds weird. I'm not gonna eat it, but he, it was so cute because he's like, well, I got those like your favorite kind of pop tarts. So, and I love unfrosted strawberry. It's rare that you can find a plain pop tart. Oh, Bob's. Bob's. Or it's Bob's. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Bob's is a brand and they make like the best gluten-free things. That, uh, I'm just saying. Oh, they oh make, Bob's Mill or whatever. No, not like Bob's Red Mill. It's just called Bob's. I don't necessarily need I'll to. I'll send think, you the
0: link. No, no. Yeah. no I, Oh. everything good well, oh, no, so no, no, he got no. me my favorite strawberry on frosted that. pop tart yes. and he's like "Can I know like the dogs like cheese sticks because I was getting them for Rilla and <laughs> I was like that is so sweet I was like I just gave Rilla the last cheese stick that's Aww. perfect you know like regardless of if we like need those things yeah. it was just very it was like this like this little thing that was thoughtful but like meant a lot you know and it's those little things and and I give him like more freedom to do those little things when I'm not doing eight million things that are unnecessary and over the top (laughs) that's my life you know and it's like it's it's hard it's really hard I've had to let go of pleasing everybody and pleasing myself like last summer I spent like the summer basically alone I needed to like understand like COVID happening was really hard for me yeah. like on the heels of like not even a year after and you're a very break.
1: social but person
0: I, I definitely discovered I'm an extroverted introvert because yep. it really always it needs to be on my terms and it, <laughs> and it needs to end when I want it to, <laughs> to end, end. And it needs to happen when I want it it's to like happen. that's a control thing too. oh yeah, yeah. definitely control freak um but I, I was like, I would get nervous to be alone. It was a panic. It was an abandonment thing for a lot of various reasons. And then like COVID was hard and whatever. Um, Okay. We're recording again. I don't know if this is even working. We'll see. Maybe I'm like recording over something. Um... It sort of looks like it's working, I think. I don't know. I I think so. I don't know. Um, Perhaps, perhaps not. It seems to be running. But yeah, so we'll see if this works. Um, If not, I'll open up a second project. I'm worried it won't save. So like my computer just like crapped its pants (laughs) as we were like wrapping up a thought. But then we realized, oh, that's good. Because we just talked for an hour and a half per per usual. Yep. Um, And we probably could have ended it sooner but we'll end on pop tarts which i was yes. excited about it's bobo's not bobs bobos. Yeah, yeah Bobos. It's so in the good. in the in the interim mariah was able to look it up and be yes. like oh no not exactly what i thought but yes regardless pop tarts cheese sticks things are good life is good we're on journeys to be better humans yes and i try not to be judgmental of the humans that are not attempting to be better humans right now because yep. everyone's in a different place mariah. it's the
1: hardest thing is giving yourself and others grace yeah it's it's the hardest life lesson i feel
0: like i'm out of grace or i think i've been giving a lot of grace and no one's throwing it not no one that's like really throwing you a grace bone i need a grace bone and i I can say no one's throwing it that is not true a lot of people are but the people i really need it from the most sometimes are not yeah um maybe i'm not giving them grace but i feel like also i have like thrown a lot of grace bombs their way and now
1: you're a grace doormat
0: yeah i think maybe i think they're taking grace they're not like they're like they should like like put a coin in the box to pay for it and yep. there's zero coins make some money it's like pay what you can and you're like i can pay zero i'm like what don't take my free thing none of that just made any sense but it weirdly made sense to me Whoa. we'll see we'll see if this saves all the way okay we'll probably come back again for another conversation soon yes um but spring break is just about over for Mariah and I we have a couple days left, and then it's so fast. and then the so fast, fast stretch between now and June it goes so fast. Yeah. And then as a teacher, you're just thinking, I only have this much time to teach you. my children yeah. all of the things there's I need to do. There's a little, they leave me. there's a little bit of a panic, but probably I think we've talked about maybe a book club. Yeah. So maybe we'll start podcasting about our book. Club. Yes, that would be fun. Um, but you will hear from Mariah again soon. And hopefully well again as soon as she's not super busy. She's going on a trip. She's in like another term of grad school, started a new job. Oh my gosh. And I'm yes. just busy, you know, doing doing grown-up things with grown-ups. So right. it was lovely. Thank you for having me on. I listened to Lizard Brain.
1: I'm like, I need to just stream of conscious
0: with you. It's yeah, it is. It's just a stream of consciousness. Yeah. Popcorn. Yeah, everywhere. All right. Thank you everybody. Um, have a great rest of your day or night or whatever time of day. Maybe in the middle of the night when you can't sleep is when you're listening do to this. this. Seems Listen like to yeah. this
1: ASMR.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> go. <laughs>